Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coffrin, and today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. And before we kick things off, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you and the thousands of listeners around the world who tune in consistently to Fin Weekly to get their economic news and just updates in the world of finance. That means a lot to me. So thanks for tuning in. Okay, so let's go ahead and start off with the latest news from the bond markets. Investors are challenging central banks' commitment to higher interest rates by betting on potential rate cuts in the U.S. and Europe. The markets are now anticipating the Federal Reserve's first rate cut in June of next year, with nearly 100 basis points in cuts expected by the end of 2024. It's also worth mentioning that similar rate cuts are anticipated for the European Central Bank, possibly starting as early as April. And meanwhile, the Bank of England is expected to reduce its benchmark rate by around 70 basis points. Looking at the bigger picture, this shift in market sentiment creates a real dilemma for central bankers who have emphasized the need for higher borrowing costs to cool the economy. And while some experts believe central banks won't cut rates for at least another nine months, bond yields have already responded to economic data and job growth concerns. So let's get into how this might impact you. Despite the recent rally in bond markets, people are still uncertain because of the unknown direction of the Federal Reserve's rate policy and its influence on bond yields. Investors are cautiously hopeful that the rally will provide relief after facing significant losses in recent years, but there's no way to know for sure. Global economic worries, including the fear of a euro-area recession and challenges in China's housing market, also contribute to this optimism. Ultimately, the evolving policies of central banks will be the thing to keep an eye on as the situation develops. Up next, market experts at BlackRock and Morgan Stanley aren't seeing eye to eye on how rising interest rates and economic factors are affecting the world of stocks. Let's look at what they each said. For starters, John Bovan of BlackRock is feeling cautious about the impact of higher interest rates. Despite a recent stock market rally, Bovan is concerned that global growth might slow down in the coming year and believes that stocks haven't fully adapted to this new environment. Bovan and his team are cautiously optimistic and will continue watching to see how the economy performs and how interest rates change in the new year. On the other hand, Morgan Stanley's Michael Wilson is more pessimistic, saying he sees the recent S&P 500 as a bear market rally, citing weak earnings forecasts, worsening macroeconomic data, and a declining outlook from other analysts. And while there was a boost in sentiment after Fed Chair Jerome Powell's recent comments, Wilson remains concerned about how higher interest rates might affect overall demand. If their viewpoints sound a little contradictory, that's because they are. The reality is, there is currently a lot of uncertainty in the stock market. Some experts are hopeful about the potential for a year in rally, while others remain cautious due to ongoing economic challenges. For individuals like you, this just underscores the importance of staying well-informed and diversifying your investments. The impact of rising interest rates on stocks can vary, but there's no need to live in fear. Assess your risk tolerance and investment goals, and keep an eye on how central banks and economic conditions evolve to make sure you're responding in a way that works best for your situation. If you want to boost your financial intelligence, if you want to learn more about how all this stuff works so you can run a better business or invest more intelligently, 
I invite you to check out the Boosting Your Financial IQ Academy where you can get started for free. There's a free trial. There's an app. It's super easy to learn finance on the go. So I recommend that. So check that out if you want to deepen your financial intelligence in areas such as this. Okay, something else that's got my attention this week has to do with the U.S. labor landscape. Specifically, it turns out that there are over 2 million more individuals, 2 million, stepping away from the workforce than were originally projected. Whoo! And if you may have already guessed, that has a significant impact on the labor workforce and the jobs market. For context, before the pandemic, the labor force participation rate for workers aged 65 and older was around 20.8%. However, it experienced a decline of 2.5 percentage points by July of 2021. Now, while there's been a marginal recovery with a 1% increase, it still remains below those pre-pandemic levels. For many older Americans, retirement often represents a one-way street. Re-entering the workforce can be a complex journey, especially when a person is struggling with potential skill atrophy and a declining professional network. In 2022, it took an average of 31.6 weeks for individuals aged 65 and older to secure employment. That's a lot. Nine weeks longer than the overall average. The shortage of older workers obviously comes with its own challenges and has prompted legislative adjustments in some states. For example, in Michigan, state laws were amended to ensure retired teachers could return to the workforce without any pension-related concerns. For our economy, the unexpected increase in retirees hints at possible job shortages in specific fields and highlights some of the very real challenges that come with trying to re-enter the workforce. However, there's still a silver lining for you younger people out there who might find new job opportunities in these sectors due to the labor shortages. So keep your eyes peeled and your spirits high because I believe there's a ton of opportunity if you prepare yourself and if you're building the skill sets and capabilities that will be required of the labor force. Okay, moving on. Neil Kashkari, the head of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, recently weighed in on the ongoing inflation debate and he's urging caution. Especially he's saying that we're not in the clear just yet. Kashkari's stance revolves around the need for more data before celebrating any victory over inflation. While the last three months have shown promising data in the inflation front, he's emphasizing the importance of ensuring that inflation is genuinely under control. Specifically, Kashkari is concerned about the risk of being overly cautious with monetary policy, and he believes that a cautious approach is best if we ever want to reach that sweet 2% inflation target. As we know, in the most recent meeting, policymakers opted to maintain existing interest rates at their 22-year high. Looking ahead, Chair Jerome Powell hinted that they might even be done with rate hikes. And some Fed officials believe that the recent increase in Treasury yields is contributing to stabilizing the economy. Kashkari, however, is standing his ground, saying that it's too early to determine whether additional rate hikes are in the pipeline. And to make things more complicated, data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics indicates a cooling labor market with hiring dropping from 297,000 in September to 150,000 in October. So it's a waiting game, and the story of inflation is far from its conclusion. Next up on my radar, everyone's talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX, who was officially found guilty on seven serious charges last week. 
The case revolved around his actions in defrauding FTX customers and Alameda Research lenders, as well as his involvement in securities and commodities fraud against FTX investors. Tis tis. And to top it all off, the allegations also included conspiracy to commit money laundering. If you don't know the details, Bankman Freed's conviction stems from the collapse of his crypto empire, and the jury's unanimous verdict suggests a strong case against him. While the statutory maximum sentence for these offenses is around 115 years, ouch, experts predict that he might face a softer prison term, possibly 20 to 25 years or more. Nonetheless, Bankman Freed's relatively young age and the nonviolent nature of his crimes may be factors that influence his ultimate sentencing. In addition to these legal challenges, another set of charges is looming for SBF in March of 2024, creating further uncertainty surrounding his potential incarceration. The Department of Justice has until February 1st to decide whether to proceed with a second trial, which could have additional implications for Bankman Freed's future. You can be sure I'll keep you updated when we know more. And finally, Musk's latest business venture, Neuralink, is at the forefront of an extraordinary breakthrough. This time, rather than the usual rockets or electric cars, they're delving into groundbreaking brain surgery. Here's the crazy part. The surgery would involve a surgeon-assisted robot implanting a bunch of tiny electrodes and ultra-thin wires directly into the brain. These wires are designed to read and analyze brain activity and wirelessly transmit the data to a nearby laptop or tablet. This is absolutely crazy, and I feel like we're living in 2053 or with the Terminator or something. Neuralink is also actively working on a spinal implant aimed at restoring movement and sensation in individuals with paralysis. Their bold journey is driving progress in the brain-computer interface realm, with plans to conduct hundreds of surgeries in the coming years and potentially rake in annual revenues up to $100 million. But it's not just about the financial prospects. While it's an unconventional and challenging journey, its success could transform the lives of countless individuals suffering from paralysis, stroke, and other neurological conditions. It's a huge leap for innovation, healthcare, and technology, so let's see how things unfold. Okay, so there you have it. That's a wrap for Finn Weekly. I hope you have a beautiful week. Go out there and work hard, be ambitious, and remember, build those skills and capabilities, not that the job market needs right now, but also what they will need in the future. And you'll be highly successful and you'll be able to capture the amazing opportunities that are coming your way. Okay, be well. Cheers. Hey, real quick. If you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play App Store today. Thanks again.